Excellent. An ale for me. And for my officers. In fact, ales for everyone. Turn backwards. With Rick and Rick and Will and Gemma. Oh, yes. <clears throat> Hello and welcome to another episode of Ten Backward, a Star Trek podcast from Merry Old England. I'm one of your hosts, Rick Palmer, and I'm joined by my lovely co-hosts, Gemma Turland. Hello. Will Turland. Also, hello. And Rick Everson. Uh, my study of the late 20th century... 1990 period has informed me the correct greeting would be what's up <laughs> thank you oh. and correct <laughs> you can't just say hello no can you? you can't no <laughs> and our, our subject for this episode is the our subject for the for this episode is the second half of season one of star trek strange new worlds episodes mm. six to ten in an early episode, we discussed episodes one to five, and now we're discussing the next five episodes. So, yeah. so let's do that. Right. Yay. Oh, does anyone want to remind us what um, episode six was? Um, episode six is list, Lift Us Where Suffering Cannot Reach, where the Enterprise visits the Magellan system, and they... In, they meet a lady that Pike already knew, uh-huh. Laura. So they seem to have had a little bit of a thing before. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very much about this this small, this young boy who's the first servant, a holy figure chosen by lottery. Mm-hmm. Which um, it's a bit of a crazy. Thing. Um, and yeah, so they kind of have to basically transport this kid. Um, it's and it, yeah, it's, oh, incidentally, it's they prison. do start off by um, by shooting down a, a, a ship that they don't know who they are. They don't know what's going on. Mm. They do destroy um, another spaceship and then go, oops. And then that's <laughs> yeah. kind of just glossed over. <laughs> that is <laughs> true. That, I feel like that, that maybe ties into the subject of our last. Exactly, yes. Uh, a podcast which was around um, uh, questionable actions. <laughs> but they didn't mean to blow it up. They didn't mean they to blow it up. It was just to. like, oh, whoopsie. Apologies, Captain. I was trying to graze them, but they fired and changed course right into our weapons. I think they got the hint. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a big whoopsie, isn't it, really? Big like, yeah. They change course, and as Uhura fires, oh, also Uhura is um, on the security part of her crew rota- her nice. department rotation. Yes. Yeah. Uh, which means she's under Lan's instruction. Uh, so we can have a big up on how Lan is a harsh taskmaster and mm-hmm. has several lessons, which, and they're, they're all kind of, everyone's enjoying ribbing Uhura about this. This episode was one that actually did not grab me as much as some of the others. Um, not to say that it's bad, you know, because when, when I say not as much as the others, every episode this far has been amazing. Hmm. Um, I, I enjoyed Pike's interplay with Alora. That was quite nice. I enjoyed the Laan Uhura um, 
subplots about mm-hmm. the security part of the rotation. I just, I don't, I don't know. I maybe wasn't entirely comfortable with the ending. It's, and I, I think it's, it's intended to make me uncomfortable. I was going to say, I don't think ending. it is a comfortable ending, is it? No. I don't, I, I have to say, I it didn't, I don't know whether it was the pacing or something didn't seem, hmm. something didn't spark in me I, about. I was going to say, we we debated this one because mm. I, I really liked this one. Mm. I thought this one was really good, but you, um, yeah, this one didn't set your world on fire, did no, it? No, it didn't, but I couldn't really, I can't really decide why, and I liked mm. I liked the the core premise of this child who has been chosen and is willingly going to fulfill his, you know, mm-hmm. role as yeah. basically being a component in a computer. Yeah. Until he well, there was he did he did have a little flutter when he saw the last component being removed. Do you freely offer this gift of self to the people of Majalis? With joy and gratitude, I do. Do you freely choose your fate? With joy and gratitude, I... But he still goes ahead and does it. But then, but then he's, you know, he's been indoctrinated, and and then you've yeah. got the outside people coming in saying this is terrible, and then you've got the inside people saying, well, this is we need to do this because this is how our society's been created you know i liked all that yeah i mean i I felt like that was kind of um it felt like it was a kind of a classic star trek kind Mm. of standalone story with some twists and turns and a difficult uh sort of moral center Mm -hmm. that you had to get to grips with and um yeah i liked all that stuff and i think i think it worked for me because Whereas for you, I think you saw the ending coming. Yeah. And I didn't. And I I don't know why. It maybe was because maybe I wasn't paying attention properly. But I was like, I was pretty floored by the ending because I hadn't hadn't foreseen it. So when you got that twist that the kid was going to be a sacrifice, I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) Um, Whereas I think if you'd have paid proper attention, that was maybe a bit more obvious. I think that was... Pretty well telegraphed. I think that was. I yeah, I thought that was I quite. Did, I didn't see it. I knew. I knew something was up, but I didn't know what it was. And so, so when that came, I, it was an effective twist. Mm. For me I mean, the, I, yeah. the civilization is incredible. Yes. Mm. Like, like, like their, their, yeah, their society is is very advanced. Mm. Um. I liked that. Yeah. I, I liked. I liked the visuals of this episode. I thought. I, I mean, oh, yeah. I, I agree. I, I really liked this episode. I thought. City. I I I really liked this episode. I um I enjoyed the 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 premise. I think Strange New Worlds has been great. One of the main reasons I like Strange New Worlds so much is because it it feels like they've taken like the 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 core the core of what made the original series so great, and they brought it into mm. they made a modern version of that. They've modernized yes. it in mm-hmm. the right in the right way. Yeah. Like they yeah, haven't maybe. they haven't sort of dispatched things. They haven't got got rid of things that they don't feel make sense. They've taken the core core mm. the core brilliance of the original series and and brought it up to date. Yeah, yeah. Embraced and it. I, and and I think that 
And I, re- I really like this episode. And I one thing I do like about this episode is that um, at the towards the end of the episode, towards the end when we get this revelation about who the child, the the, the role of the first servant, the child, I, Pike is horrified, and he he talks to. Um, to I can't remember her name. The the person. The, oh, uh, sexy, possibly. This is sexy. His sexy friend. Um, like, who and he's sort like of critical, and, he, and he's like he's critical of their he's critical of their civilization, saying what kind of I don't I'm not sure he says it like what sort of civilization sacrifices <laughs> a child and and she's like well can you can you honestly say that that your federation is perfect. Again, not words, not those direct words. And he's like, oh, mm. uh, no, well, no, no, but the, the no. Can you honestly say that no child suffers for the benefit of your federation? That no child lives in poverty or squalor while those who enjoy abundance look away? The only difference is we don't look away. And it's, you know, it's a tough... On the face of it, it's it's an interesting argument, but, mm. you know, the Federation strives for no child to be sacrificed. Mm. And, you well, know, the Federation, say what you like the Federation about. strives to erase wow. children's yeah, memories. Yeah, that, of course. <laughs> but, but it's... <laughs> that is true. But, yeah... But I, I I agree with Rick. I think it felt very original series. Oh gosh, yeah, tapped into an interesting mm. totally. kind of moral dilemma, and I really liked it. But I, I know a few other people who d- t- didn't. This episode didn't totally spark with them. Mm. Uh, so I think I don't know if this one is necessarily a divisive one, but it but it does feel like. Oh um, no. No. I don't think I don't dislike it because I dis, I didn't dislike mm. the story. I didn't yeah. dislike the 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 reveal the, the, the I just it just some there was something about the episode that I didn't didn't spark and I think it I don't yeah. know what it was. I just think it's funny like in that civilization when they first came up with the premise for, for their technology the 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 like the genius that came up with it they didn't go to him and go so are you absolutely <laughs> sure that it doesn't have to be powered by a child he's like no no it has to be a child it has to be a child look look at the re- look at the receptacle it's child it's child size I mean not a battery like no it can't be a battery can't be anything. Can we just well, make it's child? It's child shaped. It has to be a child. I'm sorry. It just has what to be a child. about like a big USB stick? <laughs> it's got loads of stuff in it, but it would like no one would have to die. No, yeah. no, it has to be a child. I'm sorry. Add I'm sorry. More hard drives. This is the price of my genius. Oh. In, like, well, in fairness, mm, this, okay, mm, there's precedent for this mm, in Star Trek, though. Spock's brain essentially covers with the you need to put Spock's brain in this controller computer for it to work. Mm. Um, and there's that Enterprise episode where they had the space station that literally kidnapped people to plug them in as the, its processors. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, it could so. have been a society because they did state that they don't know why. They don't know why this was built the way it was. And it could be a yeah. society that possibly in the past 
worked on um, a, um, a large amount of slave labor. So they just plugged mm-hmm. in a slave child because they, they didn't care about them. But then they created, they, they pushed that part of their society. They, they overcame that and then they created a re- almost a religion around it and mm-hmm. then they created because they didn't know how to, you know, retrofit it for not having children in because they <laughs> yeah. lost that technical ability. So they had to create, you know, it could have evolved in that way. Yeah. 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 And I, I, I feel like this is what I liked about this episode in mm. that it is, it, it does spark this kind of deep thoughts mm. and debate. Um and I think I think it I think it worked in that way. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of a. Um, I I agree. Like I, I I love when Star Trek sort of takes a thought experiment and makes it mm. an episode. So it's like a, well, this is what a like a utilitarian civilization would be. I guess like it would be the the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the the few or the one, <laughs> which maybe shouldn't be right. Yeah, probably shouldn't be right, but. I mean, I, yeah. I certainly didn't dislike it, but yeah. I think, to, just to me, out of the ten episodes of the season, this one is probably like the least memorable. It's got windy yeah. yeah, we're all wrong. I know. Yeah, a little. Sort of. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest as well. If you, if I had to pick like two or three episodes to rewatch, like tonight, out of the ten of this first season, this wouldn't be the. This wouldn't be in that top three mm. by any means. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna concede that point, but yeah, I th- I, I think we're all in agreement. This this was not a duff episode, yeah. at all. No, 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 by no stretch. Yeah. yeah. Um, but let shall we shall we move on to the next episode? Mm-hmm. The serene squall. Yes, can we? Can we please? No, actually, no, <laughs> because Rick was enthusiastic. I'm going to say we should go back to... Over. No, no, no. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. So what remind I... us what this episode was about, Rick. Oh, I bloody love this one. So um, this one, we have a guest on board the Enterprise, a Dr. Aspen, who um, is... And basically, it's, it, they're talking about piracy attacks. Uh, yeah. And the, the Enterprise falls victim to such an attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the crew are taken, except for a few who are able to hide, essentially Spock, Dr. Aspen, and Nurse Chapel. Um, while the main crew, Pike and Number One, everyone, get busy trying to turn the pirate crew against their leader. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So they have a chance to take advantage of it. By cooking them really um, nice dinners. Yeah. Spock. Anyway, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Spock, Dr. Aspen, and his chapel meet up in engineering, attempt to retake control of the ship. Um, but something goes horribly wrong because it turns out Dr. Aspen is, in fact, Captain Angel, <gasps> leader of the pirates. Yeah. Um, j- j- I- I- full disclosure, I, I am a- quite a lot in love with uh, Captain Angel. Yeah, she <laughs> is um, great. Yeah, she is. Okay. Great. Yeah. yeah, you and every other dude um, who's watched this show, am I right? <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I it's, it's marvelous. Yeah. <laughs> so we, at, at, early on in the episode, we have Spock and Tpring have a conversation, and there is a well. In fact, it's, this starts off with Spock having a nightmare um, mm-hmm. that he's not Vulcan enough for Tpring, oh, and the, yeah. the nightmare is essentially that the battle in a mock time. 
Topring declares him too human, chooses a champion, a really Vulcan version of Spock, and he does the fight with himself, and they do yeah. the music from uh, That was brilliant. And it's Mark. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess so I well. don't think there was a Star Trek nerd in the land who didn't <laughs> lose their shit over that music firing up. Am I right? Uh, yeah, agreed. Oh, that yeah. was so cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So, so yeah. Then Spock and to bring out this conversation. Spock confesses, uh, and they talk about exploring human sexuality and stuff. Spock's a bit like, what? Which mm-hmm. makes me wonder what the difference between human and Vulcan sexuality mm-hmm. is. That Spock seems quite a ball. Um, but the, yeah, what's great is so Doctor Aspen seems like a fairly generic alien guest on the Enterprise mm-hmm. who's yeah. basically there to direct them to a particular mission. But her and Spock develop this rapport. They talk about these things, and you think, oh, well, yeah, they've got quite a flirty thing. You know, it's like, I mean, obviously he's not going to. Um, do anything with her because him and Tpring, but you know they, they, they got this nice. And when she turns, honestly, she's brilliant because yeah. all of a sudden yeah. it's completely different. Her entire demeanor changes. <laughs> there is um, oh. there is there are some slight clues because he, Spock Spock turns up at her quarters and she's playing like dance music. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and also and also she. She has a sexier outfit, which I didn't, he turns which I didn't, his, which I didn't twig. He turns up at his rooms in a complete "I am a space pirate" outfit. And I had to, admit, I didn't. No. At that point, I did yeah, not yeah. twig. I just, I was just, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> this was another example of a twist where I think if you'd have been paying attention, you could have seen it coming. But I was like, oh my god, I did not see that coming. <laughs> but she it was, was also looking back too. But there were there were times when they were on the bridge, and she was right over his shoulder the whole mm. time, thinking, why? Are Mm. Why? A. Why is she allowed to do that? Because he's busy. He's sexy. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, but I liked. I loved the whole conversation where um, she was um, saying, "Why do you have to be one or the other? Mm. You don't. You aren't one or the other. You are you. And that's you know you are that who who you are is who you are you don't have to be vulcan or yeah, human yeah. or half vulcan and half human you are you and then she mm-hmm. just and then when she flips she shows her real side and then kind of basically using all this against him yeah it's just yeah, yeah. very clever mm-hmm. like it was all a play yeah and I really like all the stuff with um, with Nurse Chapel in this episode and Spock as well, and that it all sort of builds up to a kind of a um, a bit of a a bit of a, a play where uh, Spock has to kind of convince um, to bring to bring that he's he's having a thing. With yes, Nurse Chapel. Yeah. So, like a to re- to recap, Doctor Angel's desire yeah. is for one of the prisoners that Tpring is in charge of rehabilitating to be released to her um, and so she's holding Spock hostage um, for this aim um, and then yes to try and convince Tpring not to do this because Spock figures out oh I know who this who this prisoner is yeah. he 
tries to make out that he's been cheating on Debring with uh, Nurse Chapel. Um, so we got this kind of quite heavy nod to the whole Nurse Chapel being in love with Spock in the original series yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's also because I'm, I'm really enjoying the Spock and Debring thing this in this series. Yes. It's it's fantastic. Oh, I am. Do you know I'm brilliant. enjoying the Spock and Nurse Chapel thing as well? Yeah. Like I enjoy. It's a little bit of a love triangle that's going on, and a bit of an unrequited—it's an unrequited love. It's an unrequited really, love triangle, and it's a—and it's a—it's a love triangle where the power is all pretty equal as well. Yeah. I thought because you are human, you might need to discuss your feelings. Spock, like I said earlier, I like Vulcans. I know where I stand with you. You're an honest man. You're not the guy who would chase after another woman while you have a girlfriend. So, I know, for certain, there's no feelings between us. I'm glad to hear that. It's a little bit more balanced than yes. the original series where Nurse Chapel was just pining after Spock mm-hmm. and it was kind of treated of like, ugh. Silly ladies in there. Of course, she's in love with Spock <laughs> because uh, well, she's a lady. And it's, it's a bit different. One of the yeah. strengths, one of the strengths of Strange New Worlds, is they've taken legacy characters like Uhura and Chapel mm-hmm. and given them so much more to do than they ever got in the original series. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's been marvelous because it's it it's played beautifully into the character strengths that were kind of always there but never allowed to develop you know i yeah. think like something someone like ahura she got so little really meaty things to do mm. but nichelle nichols played her in such a way that you could see she was competent in, 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 you know brilliant in her field and a yeah. capable commander she's never got that chance and so now we're able to bring all that through. And obviously we're at cadet level, but it's there. I think Celia Gooding carries that sort of confidence and strength in her mm-hmm. um, that we see in her really well. And yeah. with Chapel, yeah, uh, Jess Bush ca- plays Chapel in this entirely different way, but you can still rationalise it out to Michelle Barrett's performance later, I think. And it's really... yeah. It, it's marvellously done because it adds so much more to the original series, I think. And I, I, think- I, I love in, in this episode as well the the other story where Pike <laughs> and the rest of the crew are on the pirate yeah. ship. Like like, mm-hmm. like what you were saying, Will, like they, they come up with this very silly method of, of defeating the pirates, yeah. well, but that I, feels like, but that feels yeah. like something that would happen in the original. Like a, yeah, it's like, it's like that daft. Yeah. It's like that daft. The, sometimes the daftness that they would have mm. in defeating an enemy in an, in an original series episode. Yeah. I had to I love. let go and allow myself to enjoy that because it was just <laughs> you so were rolling ridiculous. your eyes. I was, but I just I, like, I made a decision. Okay, just I was like, Do you know what? I absolutely love dinner, and if someone cooked me. <laughs> If I was used to having like not a very good dinner, and then someone made like a really nice dinner, I'd be like, "Oh, oh you yeah. would do anything." Oh, I would mutiny. I would mutiny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to lie. But it, made, it made me think. It made me think of um, like episodes of original series. There's that episode where the ship gets taken over by super powerful aliens, and and they have to sort of get them 
they have to kind of show them how how fun it is to be to because ex- they they're taken over by non corporeal aliens, mm. so they have to get them sort of um, show them how fun it is to be corporeal. And so Scotty gets an alien drunk, and, <laughs> and it's, of it's, that, it's that kind of yeah, of course he does. Yeah. The Calvins um, in by any other name. Yeah, yeah, and um, there's an episode. The, the episode um, who who borns for Adonais, I think, where they meet Apollo, and and they have to do like a little bit of improv, like to sort of annoy him and stuff. Oh and, yeah, and there and it it just made me think of that. Like it's silly, but brilliantly so. Like I I want I want that. Yeah, yeah, and it fits yeah. like it's not it's not incongruous to the tone of this show. Like that's that's the brilliant thing is that it it fits <laughs> because it's because at its at its core, even when it's being serious, it still has a sense of humor. It's still fun. Yeah, and it's a it's a good example of how um, Strange New Worlds manages to have a sense of humor mm-hmm. about mm. itself. Like it's not po faced, but it but it doesn't. But it, but it isn't like a sort of a, a lower deck style sense of humor. Mm. Where it's kind of spoofing itself. It's yeah. It's like embracing that original series kind of daftness and kind of slightly making fun of that, but 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 not pushing it over the line where it's spoofing mm. it. It's kind of embracing what was fun about mm. that original yeah. series daftness. So yeah, yeah. yeah. It- it plays around with it really nicely, I think, and yeah, it gives itself its own humour, but it sort of takes from the original series. It, yeah, it blends beautifully. Um, Pike sitting in his chair doing a pirate impression. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that was, yeah. that was that I was laugh that. out loud funny. It was, um, and especially combined with everyone's reaction to it. Yes, yeah. Arg, me mates. If we ever catch Angel. We should make them walk the plank, Gargi. Please stop. <laughs> That's what made it work so well, is <laughs> the rest of the bridge crew were like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> made it funny. <laughs> and then, of course... Well, you know, I think Pike was just appreciating the ridiculousness of the situation. They had got out, so everything was he calm. Was, and he was, he just... was making a dad joke. Oh, he's such he's a nerd, he but he's a he's a nerd. Like he's <laughs> he watched he like he like in the first episode he's watching he's watching um, the day of the earth was still like he's yeah yeah he's cool it's great I love Mike. <laughs> then then there's the little bit of a cheeky twist at the end of that episode where we get a character introduced that we maybe didn't expect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I believe the Vulcan angel is attempting to free. Is someone I was told to avoid at all costs. My half brother, Cybok. Yes. Cybok from Star Trek V. Yeah. He's, he's introduced. He's uh, finally. He's been. He's yeah. been recognised. Because <laughs> ever since Discovery brought in. Spock's and not mentioned before uh, half sister. We've been like, what about his half brother? <laughs> We've mentioned before. Bloody cyborg. Why is no one talking about him? 
now they finally are. Yay! Is he still? Is is yeah. Cybuck? Do you think is Cybuck still with with Garfunkel? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think you're, you're crossing I into. Wait a minute! A hand puppet. You're talking about Battlestar Galactica. We're talking about Star Trek. Uh, He's thinking of Cylon and Garfunkel. Cylon and Garfunkel. <laughs> oh God! We need, to, we need to keep the podcast on the on track. <laughs> That's like, a different reality. Yeah. I like that they establish here that Cyborg is a Vatosh Kator, which was initially set up in Enterprise. As the Ooh. Vulcans go out and seek emotional experiences. Ah. Ah. This is a that good example. Say bless you. <laughs> this is a good example of Rick saying a thing that none of, none of the rest of us picked up on or understand. <laughs> wait, wait a minute, what episode of Enterprise was that, Rick? Do you remember the one where they met a small ship of Vulcans and one of them essentially attacked I to Paul? Yes. Oh yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, so it, they, they were for Tosh Kator. Um, and yes, so they've sort of pulled that through and established that's what Cyborg is, which makes complete sense in terms uh, of his portrayal in five. Right. So that's okay. quite a good one. Um, right. Yeah, I think we're, we're, kind of, we're kind of left from the end of this episode hoping that we are going to follow up on the Cyborg thing mm-hmm. next year oh. or something. Cause, um, and I would very much be happy to, ha- uh, to see Captain Angel come back. Yeah. Oh yeah, she was it was, it was very cool. <laughs> yes, her. absolutely. Um, it, yeah, I guess it is it is slightly disappointing that we didn't get a follow-up on Cybok this season, but I'm only saying that now in retrospect because I'm because mm. I enjoyed the rest of the episodes in this season so much I actually forgot to be annoyed that yeah. Cybok didn't <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, let's right, let's move on to the next one. Mm-hmm. Because I think this one is, ah, this one is this Yeah, one, I don't know. Yeah, this is one I would Kingdom. say. This is this to me, this felt like the one this this embraced the original series so hard, <laughs> it was like that thing where they kind of were like, well, do you know what? We've got all of these weird medieval costumes <laughs> left over from this other product. We can use these for free. Um, so why don't we build an episode around that? And it, and it did feel a bit like that. but It it feels it, like they acknowledged it in a way, though, because sticking right. curtains, hanging curtains on existing sets was such oh, a TOS yeah. trope. So yeah, yeah. Kind of Again, like that's, that's such an, a, a cool thing to do. Like it's an it's a neat thing to do. I I found I, I really enjoyed this episode because of that. Like, uh, like it, it did made it made me think a little bit of masks as well. You know the TNG episode where where basically the Enterprise yeah. becomes like the Aztecs. So yeah, kind of feel to it. Yeah, I think. I mean, we we we've obviously discussed this on our WhatsApp group <clears throat> after watching. And one of the things we were saying is maybe this episode, well, the great humour in Strange New Worlds is when it comes directly from the characters. But in this episode, the characters were controlled. Yeah. They weren't yeah. their general. Thing. Yeah. Only only Mbenga and Hemmer were themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
that's not to say it's not fun. It's nice to go off and be a bit silly for a bit. Mm. Um, yeah. But as, as compared to, say, Spock and Mark, where the char- the humour comes very much from the characters, yes. and it's a chance to put them in a silly situation, have them react to that, I would say overall I probably prefer that kind of an episode to this, where you know the fact that none of them even remembered, apart from Nembenga and Hemmer at the I, end, I was think, a bit disappointing. Yeah, and I think that ruins some of the jokes, because you had um, characters like, uh, Lan, uh, who were being absolute opposite mm. characters, characters mm. that they would be so embarrassed. You have another weapon in your mighty arsenal. Oh, Brutus Queen Neftan's nearly your chance, Runa, does she? My princess Runa applauds you. <laughs> what are her dopamine levels? Not so higher than normal. But you never saw there was because they didn't remember there was there was none of that awkwardness at that morning after awkwardness. Yeah, which could have been great. Or even like a or even like an acknowledgement that that even with that complete difference, they kind of like the costume they're in. Like if Laan had been able, if Laan had been able to keep her like dress and the little dog that she had, like (laughs) I'm curious. Is that dog was that dog created for the yes. for the sake of the story, or, or does Laan have this odd, adorable <laughs> little pup in her quarters yeah. and no one's yet seen it? Yeah, I'm hoping it's the latter. Generated a whole a whole living. Yeah, that that was. I suppose it feels like a... was the dog like the hanging curtains and the scenery and like the, the mm. swords? Maybe. Yeah, yeah I guess. was a dog must, a prop. Must have been a prop. The mind of the. But was it a real dog? Did it create a real dog? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, also, yeah. It, it was a real dog. On, it was, they used a real dog. It wasn't a CGI dog. <laughs> it's actually the Laan actress, Chrissy Chong. That's her real dog. Oh, is it? So, oh, dog. Yeah, that's her actual dog. <laughs> I, th- I think she has a, has, I think she, she's got on the dog's own Instagram account as well. If you yeah. sure to see pictures of the dog. Yes, I do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was it was it, it it was fun. It was silly. It was tough. And then all of a sudden, bam! It hits you with the heartbreak at the end. Really yeah, and I yeah. think I think for me, like I was in two minds about the ending because the ending made it until that point. It was very much a, a disposable episode that mm. you could you could have cut the episode from the season, and I don't think it would have made any difference until you got to that ending. Which was pretty serious and emotional, mm-hmm. and that that really worked. Mm. But it did jar with the with the tone of the rest of the episode. I I struggled with that bit. It was hard to move into um, a more serious tone for the last ten minutes or so. Mm. Um, yeah, I would agree with what you were saying, Will, because in episode six. Uh, it, it, that civilization is has incredibly advanced mm. um, medicine medicine techniques. Mm. Like they but they're not willing to they're not willing to give any to Mbenga no. to to save his daughter. But but, but yeah. they do at the end. They give him some yeah, information that will help they? him. So it felt like it just felt like I felt like Mbenga would like they were planning for Mbenga to find some way to. Mm. To, to heal his daughter without this happening. Yeah. But it feels yeah. like 
for some reason for some reason they they thought this episode would be a way to sort of end that storyline for some reason i didn't mean i didn't I, hate I think, it but i think like we've been saying it's it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty big tonal mm. gear shift from the rest yes. of the episode yeah. yeah i think also it's a bit it was a pretty big it was quite an abrupt um decision for him to make i mean obviously they had to do it in the in the time scale of the episode Obviously, you've had you've had the backstory. You've seen mm. this. This has been happening throughout the ep- throughout several episodes, but you haven't really seen any kind of reference to him losing hope mm. or coming to a point of des- real desperation where he he's he he is almost convinced he can't save her. There's never that point where. Of, of loss of hope and then suddenly he just makes a decision to let her go remember I told you you could write your own story someday maybe that someday is now but it's up to you I want to I love you, Daddy. The absolute yeah. hardest decision any parent can ever make. Mm. And it's, you know, he does the right thing, but he does it almost too easily. Yeah, yeah. And... It's it's not to say that it's not. Like, no, it's an emotional... I, mean, I cried. Yeah, I absolutely yeah. cried. Absolutely broke my heart. Yeah. yeah. And, and, that, and that that worked, you know, yeah. The way the scene was written and oh, it was and definitely and yeah, the the right emotional tone. And yeah, you understand why the character did that, but I just but, I don't think there was enough turmoil, and there wasn't enough evidence of him absolutely at the end of his tether, and he couldn't yeah. find. I mean, he did. He, there there were bits of with you know there was a the whole thing of the stuff blowing up in his face and the montage of him trying to find ways but i don't know that they sold it enough that it was like end game and he was going to lose her yeah it didn't it didn't feel like the episode quite did enough to justify him making that decision whereas mm. like i think as an audience you understand why he made that decision yeah but I, I, I think the end, the the episode doesn't sell it quite well enough. Maybe no, I don't think it does, which is a shame. Yeah, but yeah, like we said, it's not to say it's not emotional and it's not. Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's a satisfying end to that kind of arc. I wasn't expecting that story arc to end so soon. No, I also wasn't expecting it to end in the way that it did and i i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing no uh, i think that's it's, more it's actually good that it was a little bit of a surprise mm-hmm. and also it felt very original series that it was a it was like basically like a weird cloud entity <laughs> that they'd found space like an energy brain. being yeah a space brain mm-hmm. uh yeah that felt so original series mm-hmm. like i liked that mm-hmm 
I mean, it actually puts you in mind of that next gen episode, Imaginary Friend, mm, where the little girl yeah. has. Except loads better than that because that was a fairly awful episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, re- I really liked all the magic of science um, things in the episode. Once again, yeah. he was a character. Camera's name now. Hammer. Chief Engineer Hammer. Hammer, yeah, yeah. Wonderful Hammer. Um, he really shone in this episode. He did, yeah, he did. Yeah. For for yeah. me, this was probably, and I don't think that this was necessarily a duff episode by any means. But for me, this is the this is probably the weakest episode mm. of the season. This is the one I liked the least, but I didn't. But I didn't dislike it. Yeah, I just no. I. Yeah, I couldn't get over some of the some of the things that we've talked about in this episode already, like the uneven tone and the um, yeah, the sort of slightly jarring ending. I didn't, I couldn't quite get on board with, but but I, I yeah, I didn't, I didn't think it was a bad episode. I just compared with all the other episodes, this was this was my weakest one. I think. Mm. Shall we move on to the next episode? All right. those who wonder. Yes, um, and this is well. This is this is Star Trek does Alien. Uh, yes, yes. Basically, uh, isn't it? This. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, clearly, there's some pretty direct influences on this episode. <laughs> oh god! Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a hell of an episode. It really is. This is yeah, yeah. It, it's, so I, I ultimately, the Enterprise is called. The Enterprise responds to a distress beacon from the USS Peregrine, which uh, seems to have crash-landed on a big old snowy planet. They go to check it out, um, and then gradually they discover that that there are baby Gorn hatching across the ship, uh, and if they're not careful, the Gorn are going to eat them, essentially, or tear them apart. Yeah. Yeah. And, of course, um, the Enterprise has... They've had to split up so the Enterprise isn't there to to help them. Mm, because of reasons. Because of reasons, yeah. Which yeah. I, yeah, I well the Enterprise has to make a urgent Enterprise yeah. has to make an urgent delivery, delivery. to Space Station yeah. K seven. Yeah. Uh, as 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 heard of in Trouble Tribbles. Um. Oh right. Okay. Oh cool. I didn't get that reference. So if I'm going to be honest, I was a bit disappointed we didn't see what the Strange New Worlds update to K7 was going to be like. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. <laughs> so you hated this but, episode. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I won't go that far, but yeah. I, I, um, I, I was a bit annoyed um, with the whole... Um, we don't know why this spaceship crashed. Let's go and investigate. I'll take the ensigns with me and everything should be fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, no, you guys go. You've got to deliver these things. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's risky. There's no way the landing party could contact the ship. True. It is a communications dead zone, but I have faith in our crew to get it done. The Enterprise can pick us up on the way back. Us? I'll oversee this one personally. Get the cadets out on one last away mission with senior officers. You sure you want to split up the crew? It'll be fine, number one. Yeah, I... I, I, mm. I do you know, I thought but that they... That, 
I thought they justified the priority of the other mission just about well enough. Okay, it was pretty transparent that they were setting up a scenario where, yeah, those those characters that went down to the planet would be uh, stranded yes. and in danger. And these ensigns that no one has ever heard of before. Yeah, they'll be fine. <laughs> the yeah, basically that the they could it should have called red shirts. <laughs> But I, I thought they did just about enough of a good job to justify why the Enterprise had to go off and do something else. Yeah. I, I, I was okay with I'm that. I'm just questioning his choice of crew. But um, but yeah. he didn't realise it was going to be... Yeah, but they knew something was up. Something bad had happened. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I found that given that we had an episode where they were surprised by the Gorn not too earlier in the series. Mm. You'd be a bit more... Circumspect. A bit more circumspect about that, especially when you find the like, big pile of mangled corpses. <laughs> yeah. um, where like, have oh, we seen you, this before? Where have we seen this before? Yeah. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Um, but I love this episode. I really did. I just, oh, yeah. I just, I felt it almost, it almost tr- trod into smart people being stupid territory <laughs> because clearly this something <laughs> yeah. terrible has happened. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, and a few episodes ago, happen. you were on a planet where something similar happened, and it was the Gorn. So. <laughs> Probably the gone. <laughs> but then something's taken. Something's taken down, like a a federation. Yeah, I mean, I loved all the visuals, like, and I lo- I did yeah. love the episode. I just, I just found myself thinking, surely these characters would be like, would be more aware of, of there's something terribly dangerous around. I think that's a fair criticism, but but I think but I think this is a case where, like, if the episode, if the rest of the episode is good enough, you don't worry yourself about yeah. these nitpicks because mm-hmm. everything else is really good and like okay, yeah, take a step back and maybe these characters have made some slightly stupid decisions <laughs> here, but like, is the is the episode entertaining enough to to help you forget about that i think it is i think it is yeah i think also if you look at almost any horror movie main characters make stupid decisions the entire time yeah it yeah. is a trope of the horror genre which this is obviously going for and and you can argue yeah but realistically people wouldn't be that stupid and then you can look at how people have acted in the last couple of years <laughs> during a pandemic Mm. And you can realise that actually people are profoundly stupid. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so I'm not. You can justify these character decisions by by kind of, you know, you could say, well, the, this, you know, Starfleet often have a lot of confidence and a little bit of an air of arrogance. Yes. And, you know. Yeah, think, yeah, that's true. You know, take. I guess, yeah, they need a they need a, someone on the they need someone on the crew who watches a lot of 20th century cinema. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they didn't, they didn't have um, Paris, did they? Yeah. I watch a lot of films where this ends really badly. Yeah. Nah, sure that, films yeah. that, are, that are copyright free by the 1990s. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Not, not Alien. Yeah, Captain, Captain Proton and the Brain Stealers, Captain Proton mm. and the 
and the gut yeah, and the gut munches. Yeah. <laughs> I think I mean, they I mean, were, once they were on the planet, they didn't have a choice because they had to hmm. find shelter. Yeah, at least yeah. They, and at least they had the right kit. Like they, yes. they didn't go down in their pajamas. Yeah. <laughs> no. Fair enough. But I, th- I yeah. think I think we were, what we ended up with with Star Trek's. I think it was Star Trek's most effective horror episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was thinking like Empire. I really love Empire North. Oh yeah. I think oh, yes. North is the other most effective Star Trek horror episode. But I th- but I think this is better. What about um, cats? Mm. Cats poor. Don't be, don't be so dark. Don't make fun of me. <laughs> Caspar is spooky. Caspar is spooky. Yeah. I, I agree with you, Gemma. Yeah, Caspar. Yeah, Caspar uh, is, a, is a blast and I, I, I enjoy it. But is it a horror episode? No, it's No, but it has a skeleton. It does have a skeleton. Have a skeleton. <laughs> yeah, it is spooky, right? <laughs> yeah, it's spooky. Yeah. <laughs> did, yeah. There was one moment in this, not that for, when the baby, tiny baby Gorn <laughs> almost flew off with one of the en- oh, he's not an ensign anymore, is he? He's like a, a lieutenant. Yeah. Oh yeah, that guy. I thought, who's Duke. this guy? Tiny <laughs> baby Gorn oh, Duke. Just carried him off like whoosh. I found that a little bit comical. It was too small. Uh, it was just hella tough because it's a <laughs> little bastard. <laughs> yeah, that just shows yeah. how flipping dangerous they are. I know, but still. And I, I think. Um, I think we, me and Rick were talking about this on the, on our WhatsApp thread actually. That that you could find it annoying that uh, this episode leaned in pretty hard to its influences on the the Alien movies and also what? Predator as well. So you like and you've got I would say the thing as well. But... And yeah, and and the thing because of the sort of Arctic mm-hmm. setting as well. So but you've mm. got. You've literally got like a kind of a chest bursting scene, yeah. and you've also got the for some reason the Gorn kind of have that predator vision yeah. that predators have, and yes, the thing the the kind of Arctic setting the that um, anyone could be infected, yeah, the paranoia, yeah. Um, but despite oh, all of those things that was, that, that yeah. should be annoying, I it was joyful. They were good. Yeah. They they were positives, yeah, yeah. and I I don't know if I can quite articulate why i think it's just because overall the episode was so good it it, it, it was it, it, over any nitpicks i had around but they didn't things. try to mask those influences did they mm, yeah i mean at yeah. no point no. did the little girl say they mostly come out at night mostly. <laughs> no. but um <laughs> but no they it wore them wore them on its sleeve it had fun with them mm. and yeah mm. it's perfect I think that's the best way to go with it, really. You know, if you're going to take those influences, take them, celebrate them, and run with them. Yeah. And this episode certainly did that. Um, so the big thing about this episode is obviously we lose one of our main cast. Yeah. Uh, because yeah. Hemmer is, is, is killed, and I am absolutely gutted. I thought he was brilliant. Yeah. Um, yeah. Apparently, it was always planned that he was only going to be one, one series. That was it. So, 
but yeah, I, I just enjoyed him so much, and so I can't help but be absolutely devastated that we lost him because he was brilliant. He was wonderful. Um, yeah, same here. I yeah. I, I think we were saying in the, in the same chat. Like, I I didn't. I was I was sad to see him go. I'm not a huge fan of sort of noble deaths because I think you can, I think you can sort of poke holes in that concept pretty easily because what if Hammer just like fell off that cliff and killed himself, but he just landed and really hurt himself. It was quite high. It was quite I'm still alive. <laughs> we'll neutralize the growth process. Figure something out. If we had more time, I'm sure you could. But it's too late. We all know what's coming. Emery, you don't have to do this. But Captain, my sacrifice saved the lives of those I care most about. For me, there is no other choice. Yeah, and, and I love, and I love in um, anyway. So um, yeah, it's true. But I, I love in um, in in oh lower decks. There's that episode where they sort of expect peanut peanut hamper to sacrifice (laughs) herself, like the exocomps did in that episode, and she's like, "Nope," and she just leaves. And (laughs) (laughs) so I I thought, I I love that. I love that kind of flipping that trope on its head. And I get, I get it in this episode. I didn't, I didn't dislike it in this episode. I think mostly I was just sad to see Hema go. But but I, I, yeah. There's, I mean, there's a superb visual where he's, oh. it's like a long distance shot and he's, he's throwing oh, himself God, off yeah. the edge of oh, the thing. Oh, and one of the, one of the best, uh, like best bits of cinematography that I've mm-hmm. ever seen from mm-hmm. Star. Yeah, so beautiful. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I couldn't help thinking. If if it were any other episode, if the plot didn't say that he had to die, they could have found a sci-fi way mm. to save him. No, and of they course could, they could, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the but the plot said he had to die, so yeah, there it is. I like the. I I've also I like the. Um, so they find so the 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 ship, the Federation ship that crashed, the USS Peregrine. I think they they found uh, a ship adrift in space didn't they mm. and and the people they found were like a a child and an alien dude called bucky buckley the, mm. the blue guy I, yeah the blue i loved guy. i loved i looked i thought he was cool i i, I don't was. know if they if that was like some real world sort of jim henson style animatronics but i liked him I mean, yeah. I know he died mm. but he looked, yeah he looked, but i like that character yeah, he was good. I liked him. That was cool. That was a, a nice touch. I thought. Yeah, I thought I thought really good and a great use of you know um, bringing the Gorn in as a as a sort of sort of horrific characters mm. like a horrific alien threat as they have been throughout the series. No, they calm really they, they calm down enough after a while to learn how they to. Must do. Because their technology is, is highly advanced, so oh. they have to calm down at some point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the nice thing. I think hopefully we will gradually explore a little bit more of the Gorn culture and how this works. So yeah. It would be quite interesting to build upon that and sort of so we can have a clear thing where we go from the 
the, the monstrous hatchlings through to the, the 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 guy we see in arena <laughs> kirk throws a massive rock at and it bounces off yeah yeah, yeah, I, mean, yeah. I guess to, to be fair the yeah the gorn in the original series compared with the gorn in strange new world seem very different but mm. yeah let's i i, I don't mind cuz i'm really enjoying the the gorn being a, mm. a threatening horrific enemy yeah. akin, akin to the to the borg you know it's, that's mm. that's the closest that it, like going back to the to next gen it felt like the the gorn have that same kind of threat that the borg did and i really like that and i think they i don't mind too much that they don't match up to how they are in the original series let's let's give the show a chance to to explain that um, I think they probably the in my in my head canon the the aliens that set up that fight in arena they they pick a gun or they or they sort of balance out they make it a fair fight somehow mm. Mm. yeah 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 so maybe they pick a like an intellectual gun <laughs> who's not super tough <laughs> or... yeah like a Woody Allen like a Woody Allen gun yes yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, jeez, I gotta find Kirk. <laughs> yeah, I'm writing my I'm writing my new Raiders screenplay. <laughs> you gotta do, you gotta fight Kirk. Woody yeah. Allen gone. <laughs> Thanks, I'm not even near, not in New York anymore. I'm so anxious. <laughs> um, but you you could also you could have an explanation that there are like different types of gone. You know, there are different. <clears throat> Like different regions, yeah, yeah. Like you know, different regions are more uh, <laughs> like I guess like like Kling- we see different kinds of Klingons. We see warrior Klingons, but we we also see Klingons that aren't quite like that. So in, you know, think, there can be more to that that culture. Yeah, I find it, it's one of those things that you put an episode like this on, and you will have a certain contingent of fans who will say this doesn't make sense with this other thing it's like well do you know what this is an ongoing series let's wait and see if they actually are going to address this because chances are good that they will and they will look at some sort of thing and you know it it happens so there's there's never any point getting up in arms and yes it absolutely is fun to speculate and make your own head cannons but you know we're probably going to work out some stuff over the next couple of series and we'll be like oh that makes sense yeah. yeah, I don't. I have. I have no problem. I like how the Gorn are depicted in mm. in Strange New Worlds. I have no problem with it. Uh, I think we'd just, have. It a just makes. It just makes me think about. It just makes me think about Arena, and you know, that's that's yeah. what it does. I think if the Gorn episodes we'd had in Strange New Worlds were absolute stinkers, mm. and also the Gorn were portrayed in a different way, then we probably would have more of an yeah. issue with it. But because these are like the two Gorn episodes are like both superb. Yeah, I would say mm. yeah, highlight in this of, season of a highly superb season. Yeah, so I, I feel like that goes a long way into. Um, yeah, into forgiveness. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, or not caring. <laughs> no, not caring. Us. Yeah, yeah, not caring. And it, yeah, and to be fair, like you, like you're saying, it does remind you of early early encounters with the Borg because mm. because the no, you you don't interact with them directly. Like the only mm. like in TNG, the only the only information we get about the Borg early on is from 
is from Q and from Guinan, who were like, go run away, <laughs> like run away as yeah. fast as you can. They're going to yeah. destroy yeah. you. And you know, and like Q, Q when Q sort of, he can't believe that the Federation are trying to negotiate with with the Borg, they, mm. like, or or Guinan, like. They don't. They're not interested in that. They, they just want. They just want what you have. They mm. want, yeah. Yeah. And the but and the gorn just want to. They're just interested in you somewhere to lay their eggs. Yeah. That's it. They just, which is terrifying. Um, mm. but brilliant. Okay, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Should we move on to the uh, the final episode? Mm. Yes. Which, um, which I thought was pretty great. Mm-hmm. I know. I, I know it didn't. Mercy. Yes. I know it didn't quite uh, spark joy for it, you in exactly the same way. It did it? No, but I, I think I've worked. I, I have decided that it's, it's purely me. And it's I purely what I. No, no, no. It's what. I it's what I. It's what I value in a story i think i i don't like it when um one story kind of um uh, how to how to say this hijacks another story Mm. or um or kind of i don't i've i've seen that story i don't need to see it again from a slightly different angle I want mm. to see a new story, and that—that's just me. So yeah, that's so that—that's that's what didn't spark joy in it for me. So that's but that's purely yeah. my tastes. And I get—I mean, I so so th- this episode is basically a we see Pike jump into a effectively like a mirror universe yeah. where um, where he hasn't died in the vision that he's seen well not died he hasn't been um mm. you know mm. hideously um, d- disabled in the in the vision that he's seen mm-hmm. he's avoided that but as a result there is an alternate future and um things are playing out differently to how they are actually going mm. to play out which yeah. which pike doesn't know but we know as a viewer because Pike basically jumps into it's like it's a bit like Quantum Leap, yeah. and he jumps into the original series episode Balance of Terror, and we see that played out in a different way. And I I really like that, but I do, I mean I get you you could argue that like none of this does any of this really happen, hmm. you know? I, I mean, mean, although it's, it's 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 all really cool and exciting, but like. Doesn't happen in the timeline of the actual mm. show, so does all it really of the matter? Peril, like... All of the peril for the characters involved, it's redundant because none of these things happen. Mm. Yeah, this, suppose... this episode is very much Pike's story, and it's entirely for mm. Pike's benefit. Um, yeah. It's mm. it's not about the other characters really. Um, it's it's. But it's the resolution of Spike's uh, of Spike of Pike's storyline <laughs> that we start off with that he knows his ultimate fate and how he's dealing with that. Mm-hmm. And I kind of I kind of like the point that yeah, we now hit this point where he meets one of those people he's supposed to try and save, and he cracks. He's like, I need yeah. to try and save. I stop this. 
and he's gonna he's, he's willing to try and change time. So um, I quite like that. I think I, I like that Pike has this point where he's like, "No, I can't do it. I can't go through with this. Mm, I need yeah. to change it." Um, and so it's almost it's, in a way, it's almost like a bit of a wonderful life type lesson. It's like, well, actually, let's have yeah. a look at the future if you do this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it, 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 it's, 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 it's a reverse. Yeah. Let's look at the future, not without you, but with you. <laughs> mm. um, yeah, yeah. And which is a harsh lesson to be told that, do you know what? If you stick around and are fine, the, the galaxy's going to be yeah. fucked right up. Yeah, this is like um, a reverse, it's a wonderful yeah. life. It's like, look what can happen if you don't die. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and it's it's harsh. It's a terrible mm. life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what this episode twinkles. <laughs> um, it's a terrible I, life, uh, and every decision you make will be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the frustrating thing is, so much stuff does play out quite similarly, um, mm. including the point where the Romulan commander says to him. In another reality, I could have called a friend. Yeah, yes. I love yeah. that so much. Yeah. Basically, the same. And um, yeah, um, the, there's a line when when they see the Romulans for the first time. There's a line directly lifted, a, a line of dialogue for Spock. that's directly lifted mm. from from Balance of Terror, where he I talks mean, about mm. he talks about the the past Vulcan's past. Like we we had our own period where we were. We had our own martial phase, which was brutal, something like that. Along those mm-hmm. lines. Do, do we even get the same music from the original series episode? When, where when, we get when the they get them on the screen. Yeah, That's yeah. Uh, the same kind of beautiful. zoom. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. I had a nerd boner at that point. (laughs) Yeah, I did. It was... If if I've got one disappointment, it's that the Romulan commander wasn't played by James Frain, who played um, Sarek in in Discovery, because that one just wouldn't make me laugh so much. Because Mark, Mark Leonard played... That Romulan commander in TOS. It and, did. And, and, just... and he played Sarek in T- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That just would have been a, a really bizarre but nice touch. Um, so, one of the big yeah. bits here is that we meet Captain Kirk mm. in this alternate future. Yeah. Uh, in command of the USS Farragut. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't know. We, we, we've kind of talked before about how we, off, off podcast before, how we feel about. Um, this betrayal, and he's—I think we're all sort of saying he's—he's he's not quite sparking Kirk in our minds as yet. Uh, yeah, yeah, I would—I would agree with that. He doesn't, to me, doesn't quite have that sort of charisma that Kirk has. No, the cockiness. Hmm. But but also, I—I I like the decision not to, you know, not to do a kind of William Shatner yeah, impression. Yes. Yes. And not to try and do that performance <clears throat> and, and to try and have Kirk just be a character. Mm. 
Um, and I, I, mean, I didn't mind that at all. Could have done I a do, bit more swagger, maybe. Mm. Yeah, I, 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 I do acknowledge that this is an alternate timeline. So the Kirk we're seeing here is obviously eight or nine years ahead of how he would be in, in the usual Strange New Worlds timeline. Mm. And is, you know, has at that by that point has undergone different experiences to what we see in Balance of Terror in the original series. So it'd be interesting to see if when they introduce him again next year, if they if if the actor plays him slightly differently, if he brings more of that charm swagger. Mm. So it'd be, it'd be interesting to see how it plays out. I don't, I don't know. One bit that really did hit me was after the Farragut is destroyed, um, he comes in to see Pike and he's, he's, he's a little bit aggressive um, and he's basically saying, you flinched, you hesitated and it's all gone to shit because of you. You flinched. You deliberated. And we lost. We fired, Captain, and we were fired upon. That's why you're still here. From the start, you wanted to cripple them, not take them out. We may have different points of view, but do not question my combat readiness, Captain. And I think that's that's a beautiful callback to the episode Obsession, where Kirk um, recalls a time on the Farragut as a lieutenant when he was told to fire on an alien cloud creature, hesitated, and blamed himself for the resulting deaths. Mm. So I do wonder if they have if they've acknowledged that in there. So. That's interesting. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, I like the performance. I mean, I, I thought he was good, um, but maybe just maybe I, I, th- I t- for me it was more like like uh, Chris Pine. Chris Pine just sort of embodied Kirk more. I. It was. Mm. I, I felt like this. I, it's not fair to say that the actor didn't embody Kirk because he did, but but maybe just slightly visually, I think he looks a bit different. Like Chris Pine, you can imagine, he sort of looks a bit like a young Shatner, whereas the yeah. actor they chose for for Strange New Worlds just just looks doesn't look yeah. as much like Shatner as as Chris Pine does. Yeah. I think that's where, but he embodies him well. I thought I, I, mm. I mean, I, I had, I had no problem, sort of believing he was Kirk. It was just great to see that character on, in a. I loved it. I, mm. I, you know, yeah, and I mean, I would have been happy with Scotty's arm. So with, with <laughs> Kirk, so I mean, I love Scotty's I arm. That, that was brilliant. It was, yeah. yeah, it was an excellent. Arm. It's a good arm. It's fixed a lot of engine stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, the destruction of the Farragut. Oh, that was a beautiful shot. That was cool. Mm. It, get, it gets walloped. Yeah. It gets <laughs> really yeah. does. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, just against the the tail of the comet and mm. the oh yeah, I mean revolving. It's beautiful. That, I mean. I, I, I completely appreciate what you said, Gemma, about not wanting to revisit an old story and hence to have something new. But to be able to portray a different view on that with that sort of level of effect of effects and stuff, I'm mm. like, that's worth the price of admission for me. That was beautiful. So Yeah. One one thing I really did like about the Kirk element of this story is that we we had Kirk coming into Strange New Worlds without it feeling like it was a crowbarred in cameo. Mm. It felt like this was absolutely a relevant story to have Kirk in. Mm-hmm. And almost it 
it almost wouldn't make sense to tell the story without Kirk appearing. Mm. Um, so I really, I really liked that because I think some, sometimes um, when a show is sort of a, a prequel series, it's it's really tempting to do that kind of fan service thing where you just have a character show up because it'll make the fans go, oh, it's that, it's that character. I know that character. Like that card. Uh, may, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe. It, may- yeah. <laughs> it, it makes sense within the structure as well, though, because the whole point was to illustrate to Pike that that his his decisions would send us on a different way, whereas Kirk's would yeah. be, um, you know, and it, it, although he doesn't know it to the audience, he, here it is. You know, this is Pike and Kirk, and Pike is the guy in basically in charge. He's got the seniority and everything. And you can see how it goes wrong if you know that episode. Yeah, it's just like so. It totally makes sense to, for him to be in there. So <laughs> it was, it was, it was nice not to be shoehorned in, as you say. So. Yeah, and I, I really liked that. Um, you know, wh- where it feel it feels like if if you didn't know the story of Balance of Terror, you know, Kirk in some ways is a bit of an antagonist, and he's his point of view is is the wrong point of view and, and Pike is Pike is mm. trying to do the diplomatic thing and do the right thing and Kirk is is riding up against that mm. but of course the twist is that Kirk's approach was the right approach all along mm. actually mm. you know what what seems like the sensible sort of diplomatic approach doesn't always work and yeah the real it's it's a little bit um, you could argue it's it's not a very Star Trek yeah. attitude, you know, in this episode to say, look, you know what the right the right thing to do was to to go after the ship and try and take it down. Mm. But I but I like I like that that is what the episode is saying, and like sometimes this is the way it goes, and mm. actually diplomacy doesn't work out, and in this situation, the right approach would have been Kirk's. And, and there it is. Well, in a way, though, it's it's pointing out the diversity of species, because the Romulan mm-hmm. culture embraces strength, and when the way Kirk did it in the more militaristic way showed that the Federation were strong in the mm-hmm. Romulan eyes, and they weren't mm-hmm. weak, and they wouldn't let you get away with that. So it was absolutely the right thing. Whereas Pike's, yes, for no end of races that would have been fine, but Pike's not considering the Romulan history and the and the attitude and factoring yeah. in his approach that way. So, mm. yeah, in a way that's kind of, it. it it's, it, there's, there's the approaches, but there's also the, uh, the idea of the diversity. So in that way, I would argue it is a Star Trek notion that you have to accept and celebrate the, the differences in species to really have the effective approaches. And I, th- I think we should give a little shout out to this episode for for uh, looking absolutely fantastic. Yeah. It's like oh, so many lovely effect shots, especially the you know the whole seat, the whole action sequence for the comet, and yeah. like waiting for oh, the rocket gotcha. to come out, and then oh, some some nice touches where the camera uh, kind of spins around as the as the the, the ships you know change. You know, they kind of spin around, and the camera kind of spins with them, and mm-hmm. I thought that was mm. pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, it's incredible. Yeah. Um, so I, I also like that this episode officially makes canon the the fact that 
if you don't put Kirk and Spock together, the universe is fucked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It does. Um, but that that is that is kind of a like a legitimate thing because you know all, all of the things that Kirk and Spock do not only in the original series but in the movies like they save the, the world uh, and earth and the universe mm. many times and if you, if oh, you yeah. don't have a, a situation where they're together to be able to do that then, then yeah you, you're in a world of pain oh, yeah. also um, I don't know if you noticed but in this in this episode there's a, a the, the scene where Pike and Kirk are having a chat, and I think Pike asks Kirk about about his background, and he mentions that his dad was an officer on the USS Kelvin. Yes. So, yes. so, so that is now. I mean, I know, I know it would be, but so that sort of that sort of affirms the the Kelvin verse. Yes. I appreciated linking that up. That was a nice. Yeah. Was, I mean, didn't have to. That was a nice little um, comment. It was a nice. It was a nice touch, and you almost like it was one of those things where you could almost miss it because they were just about fading down that dialogue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they did it, they just had it just in there right at the end of that that scene. I thought that was really nice. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. cool. And we also get like a little bit of a uh, a cliffhanger, of course, um, because uh, number one, um, yes, Una, Una. Uh, is is has been arrested, mm-hmm. been carted off, and that is is sort of hinted at in a couple of points in this episode in the dialogue. When's the last time you talked to Una? Why well, I, I can't talk to her. No one can. It... She's not allowed contact. Well, but I, I think it's mm. hinted at. I think, well, well, it, to me, well, okay, to me, because <laughs> I wasn't well, expecting I it to. No, you weren't I, expecting it to happen. No, I was expecting that payoff to come maybe yeah. in like season two, and that's like a little, a little hint for fans to to debate about. But mm. they, but but no, that that is paid off in this episode, and at the end of the episode, she gets arrested and taken away, and. Who t- so, so who um who told them? Who told the Federation? Uh, yeah. Good point. Good point. Unless <laughs> someone kind of read reports and put two and two together. Mm. I don't know, maybe yeah. someone did tell them. Oof. <laughs> She's an Illyrian Chris. I don't care what she is. Excuse me. I don't like it either, but I have orders. Captain, don't. I've known this might happen for years. I didn't ask for this job. I really am sorry. So am I. The only the only person I can think of is like the transported guy because those two cadets say that he's oh, really really he's mean. So mean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't want it to be him because he seems alright. But and if he's a transporter guy, he's be able. He would know. He would know. Oh yeah, yeah. he He knows all the gas, doesn't he? That's where it all goes on in that transporter. He could read. He could see in the buffer. Oh yeah, right in the buffer. (laughs) Read that buffer like the pine hands. One thing: when they were when in the. Mirror, ultimate 
ultimate universe, alternate universe. They were talking about Una's incarceration, how she isn't allowed to communicate with anybody. Why would that be the case? Maybe she uses a lot of curse words. (laughs) Well, it depends how they're treating, because you remember in Deep Space Nine, they have the... They have like the guys that Bash- they bring Bashir. Sorry, they bring these people to see Bashir, who have been genetically modified and are essentially locked up and kept away because the modifications have made them unfit for day to day society in, in the Federation's eyes. So whether they taking a similar thing with that, mm. I don't know. Surprised they didn't just wipe their minds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's because Dr. Pulaski hasn't isn't active yet. She hasn't invented that. Okay, okay. If she had, they'd be all over that idea. It wouldn't stop them being augmented, would it? No, no but, the main problem. Yeah, I guess, but they could reshape them into what they wanted them to be. Yeah, but they would, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so, one yeah. thing I I did want to. Um, highlight in this one is the the fact that we get, now have a really good understanding as to why Spock was willing to risk his career and the death penalty in the menagerie to take Pike to Talos Four. Mm-hmm. It's because yeah. he understands that Pike took that fate in part to ensure Spock's well-being. Yeah, no, that is a good. It does make yeah. sense. Yeah. It does, yeah. I think that's that's a new element. You know, you, I'll, next time I watch the menagerie, I'll be like, yeah. I mean, generally, actually, now having much more, you know, having much more of the character of Pike, it's going to episodes like the menagerie are going to hit harder. I think. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, going back to Strange New World, so we've we've covered all ten episodes now, and I think, like, I think it. I feel like it's fair to say there aren't really any truly duff episodes in season no. one. <laughs> to me, there's 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 one episode which I found to be a little bit weak, but I didn't actually think it was a bad episode. No. Mm. I'd say there's there's maybe about five really excellent episodes, mm. uh, and then four good episodes and one so-so episode, and that's that's how I would critique it and to my mind it's i i, I know we, we've we've talked about this before i think it might be the best first season of any track show I, that we have yeah. ever had i agree definitely yeah it's i mean it's incredibly strong it's done some stuff that's just incredible it's been a fantastic fantastic 10 episodes yeah so yeah uh, and okay, I mean, the, 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 the pedigree of first seasons in the, in Star Trek <laughs> isn't isn't especially high. high. I mean, okay, original series first season was was mostly mm. really good, right? TNG yeah. the first season, like prop, like dire. Yeah, we don't talk about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, Voyager, DS9's first season. They weren't they weren't awful, but they they definitely were, were sort of. They had, they had their share of clunkers. Mm. Oh god, yeah. Um, <laughs> Enterprise first season actually actually pretty good, I think, but mm. not as but not as good as this. 
and no, no. Um, I don't know, lower good. decks had a pretty good first season. Yeah, yeah. Discovery actually, yeah. I think Discovery yeah, had a really first strong season. first season. I think yeah. the fact that Strange New Worlds has has is embraced the episodic style again, mm-hmm. kind of in a way puts because when you've got something like Discovery where it's it's all interconnected. A bad episode is kind of absorbed into the overall story, mm. so it doesn't stick out as much because after a while you kind of like you see them all as the the, the one long. Whereas, an episodic style, yeah, it's going to show up, and mm. so I think it's a testament that there's no episode we're saying as like, well, that was rubbish. There's episode, you know, we are saying, oh, I didn't like that episode as much, but that doesn't mean we don't like it. We liked them all. They were, yeah, it was really strong. So. Yeah, I would. I'd put myself out on a limb and say there are there are a couple of episodes in this season which I would put up amongst the, the some of the finest episodes of Star Trek. Yeah, ever created. Definitely. Yeah, and uh, maybe maybe I'm I'm just too caught up in it at the moment because <laughs> I've really loved this first season. But I do think the you know particularly episode four uh, yeah. and 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 the finale mm. for me mm. we just just yeah. so good <laughs> um, I can't yeah I'd, I'd put them pretty high up it, like if I had to pick like a top 10 all time favourite Star Trek episode do you think Strange New Worlds would be in there mm, absolutely yeah I mean it started it started strongly I think the first episode was just a perfect example there's uh, there's a rescue mission there's a there's a First contact situation. They have to disguise mm. themselves as they have to pull the rescue off, and then you have the big moralizing speech at the end, and it, it, yeah, it just hit all the marks straight off. Mm-hmm. So, oh, definitely, yeah. yeah. You you really loved the comet episode two, oh, didn't you? That. Oh, yeah. that was good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent. I mean, in that one episode, we got so much more to her than any script in the original ever gave her, mm-hmm. even put them all together and we've got more than. Um, also, it's just an episode where they have to solve like a space mystery. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Which I, I love. And, yeah. Mm. And at the beginning, and episode four as well, like the um, where they realise they've been caught in a trap. That's just yes. like they're on the back foot. Mm. Like your heroes, the, the, the main characters are in this like super powerful spaceship. They're, in a really bad mm-hmm. situation, it's compelling. Like, it's really compelling. Yeah. Um, and allows for great storytelling. Yeah. It's just yeah, brilliant. I, really, I loved it. And I think you've got a really good comedy episode in episode five yeah. as well. Yeah. <laughs> Actually. Yeah. Oh, you know, it's fantastic. Uh, yeah. Just a great example of how the show can do, can do something like that. Uh, you know, it's, mm. it's it's rounded enough that it can it can pull off a comedy episode, and great advice too. Like if you if you and if you for some reason swap bodies with someone, <laughs> tell someone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like tell, yeah, some, I like. tell a tell a friend. <laughs> don't don't bottle it up. Just don't worry <laughs> that people won't believe you. Just tell a friend, and they're like, yeah, okay. Don't, don't, don't forget in the Star Trek universe, crazy shit happens all the time. So, although it's quite a weird thing that's happened, no one's going to be like, that's impossible. What are you on about? They're going to be like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, episode five. It's about time we had a body swap. So yeah, I can believe that. <laughs> why are you say, yeah? Why are you saying episode five? Oh, that's just something I say. <laughs> yeah, Our missions. Episode five of my life. It's just how I. It's how I measure missions. You know, like I, I break down a mission into segments and then take each each segment as an episode <laughs> you're weird crewman palmer <laughs> i don't know why i talk to you, yeah. well, you talk to me you asked me that question you're the one with the body swap <laughs> you're you you, you weird <laughs> yeah. so i i think a lot of the actors seem very comfortable in their roles quite quickly as well. Mm. There's none, none, none yeah. of them seem to be struggling to find the character at all. They're coming; the characters coming in quite quite clear immediately, and it's then fun to yeah. discover more about them as you go along. So, mm. but it doesn't seem haphazard or sort of made up on the fly. It seems like everyone's coherent and got a, got a voice and a path, which is good. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that definitely. Mm. Um, and th- this feels like a show that, that can balance uh, character moments with with good stories um, really well. I think. Yes. Um, well, the f- the fact that episode five worked so well is because the characters were done well enough that we could have that comedy come from them. I think. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And whereas I, I, you know, came off the back of. Picard season two, a, li- a little disappointed with how I felt about that. You know, Strange New Worlds pulled me right back up into mm-hmm. uh, into a, a happy a happy Star Trek place. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, really good. All right. Um, might be a well, place to wrap that up unless anyone's got anything else. No. No, I think uh, I think you're absolutely right, Rick. So, yeah, thank you very much for listening to our thoughts, listeners, and we'll be back in the future with more episodes. Yes, um, we will indeed. We haven't thought about what we're going to do next, but we'll do something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we've, we've we've come to the end of that 48 weeks of solid weekly Star Trek going on. So, I guess we'll have to think of some other subjects for a little bit. So. Yeah. We're going to have to pretty work pretty hard to entertain our listeners now that there isn't new Star Trek constantly coming out. So, oh, they're going to be very demanding of stuff now, aren't they? And yeah, and and disappointed in what we produced. <laughs> I imagine. Uh, but on on that downbeat note, <laughs> bye. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. Yeah, thank you, guys. Yeah. Thank you so thank much for you. listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Do you realise how incredible this is? It's tradition. You ever noticed her bum? What? Her bum. Oh no! I will say. I will say. Fewer things. Fewer things. Okay. Enough of this self-indulgence. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, our website is www.loweredexradio.co.uk. You can reach us on the Twitters at at 10 backward, 10 being the number and backward being the word backward. We're also on Facebook at www.facebook.com 
forward slash 10 backward podcast. You can also email us at crew at lowerdexradio.co.uk. On a personal, individual level, my Twitter is at Will Turland. Rick Everson's Twitter is at TrekFanRick. And Rick Palmer's Twitter is at Mr. Imhotep. Hi, thank you again for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, you might consider supporting us. We have now have a Patreon uh, where people can uh, pledge small amounts to fund uh, ongoing projects like uh, keeping our website up to date, uh, um, new audio equipment as we're going along, and potentially uh, opportunities to expand our content. Uh, you can go look at this at patreon.com forward slash radio. Uh, if you don't feel you can donate but would still like to support us, we would love it if you could subscribe to us or however get your podcast through iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or we're on various third-party apps. And if you could leave us a review on any of those, that would be fantastic and would be very appreciative. Thanks again for listening, and please tune in for more podcasts from the 10 Backward Crew. Let's make sure history never forgets the name. 10 Backward? Laddie, don't you think you should... Rephrase that. Ten backward. Ten backward. You get the supplies to K7. I'll pile the kids in the station wagon, take a road trip. Sir, the station wagon? Anybody has to go, now's the time. Do not make me turn this car around. <laughs>